When we have neighbors outside of our service territory who are specifically asking us to come and serve them, we want to be able to respond to that in a positive way. Hello and welcome to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. Earlier this month, the communities of Chattanooga, Tennessee and Wilson, North Carolina, both with municipal networks, filed petitions with the FCC. Both communities requested the agency to use its authority to preempt state laws. Those laws, put in place through lobbying efforts from big-name incumbents, prevent either network from serving their neighbors. For some time now, neighboring communities have approached Wilson and Chattanooga, requesting that they expand their networks to serve their neighbors. Existing state laws preclude Greenlight in Wilson and Chattanooga's Electric Power Board from serving beyond strict geographic borders. In recent months, Chairman Wheeler has publicly announced that the FCC will do all it can to encourage expansion of broadband networks. He specifically pointed to the FCC's authority in Section 706 to preempt such state laws that do nothing to encourage deployment and only serve to protect large corporate provider interests. On July 28th, the FCC established a schedule in which it intends to take comments on both petitions. Open comments are due August 29th. Reply comments are due September 29th. We encourage every American who wants ubiquitous connectivity to file comments in support of the Wilson and Chattanooga petitions. Federal preemption of these anti-muni laws will be a significant victory toward restoring local telecommunications authority. In this podcast, Chris and I spend some time discussing the petitions, the circumstances in Wilson and Chattanooga, and what you can do to share your opinion with the FCC. As a bonus, Chris touched base with Dana Bailey, Vice President of Corporate Communications at Chattanooga's EPB, and Will Acock, General Manager of Greenlight in Wilson. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going well, Lisa. I noticed that we're recording this in the conference room rather than uh, my desk, which you helpfully noted uh, doesn't seem to exist. It's hidden by mounds of paper. Right, right. I still don't know if that desk is made of wood or metal because I can't see the top of it. Whatever it is, it's very durable. Okay. I'm sure it is with 100 pounds of paper on it. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about um, these petitions that uh, Wilson, North Carolina, and Chattanooga, Tennessee have filed with the FCC. Yes. Um, And they are encouraging the FCC to turn over some state laws in their respective states, or to preempt them, I should say, um, and to exercise their their authority under Section 706 of the Telecommunications Act of 1996. Right. And we've given a lot of background on that. We've written about it, you know, uh, we've talked with Harold um, Harold Feld about it, and uh, there's a little bit more background we'll be putting up, but I, I think it's worth noting just that there, these two petitions are a little bit different, mm-hmm. that in the case of uh, Tennessee, they're actually looking at removing four words from the statute, basically, whereas in the case of North Carolina, you're right, they are in fact looking to overturn a much broader um, set of laws that were passed together with the express intent of limiting investment in next generation networks in North Carolina. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're talking. So in Chattanooga, they're talking about removing four words. Four words. What are the four words? Those four words are within its service area. And that prevents Chattanooga from offering uh, any services outside of the electric territory in which it already operates, which includes something like seven counties, 700 square miles, 600 square miles, something like that. And I understand that there have been other communities nearby that want Chattanooga 
to help them. There sure are. Yeah, there definitely are. And in fact, that's something that Dana Bailey and I just talked about. Maybe we can insert that interview here. And now I'm going to welcome Dana Bailey, Vice President of Corporate Communications for the Electric Power Board in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. You've so you've been on once or twice before, and and uh, you know you and I have certainly spoke many times. Um, but this is very exciting. You've filed a petition with the FCC. Uh, tell us why. For many years, since we've had our gigabit per second internet network in place, we've had requests from neighboring communities outside of our electric power service territory, but very close in. Uh, neighboring communities who've been interested in having us bring our service to their communities. And um, state law, Tennessee state law, does not allow to do that, allow us to do that right now. We've looked for options over the years and um, eventually decided that, you know, knowing that uh, Congress mandates that the FCC seek out and remove barriers to broadband access, um, we see this state law as a barrier to broadband access. So um, we're really issuing a petition in hopes that we'll be able to eventually help out some of our neighbors um, in surrounding areas get access to super high-speed Internet. Uh, some people say that, that municipal networks are likely to just sort of go after the, the areas that are higher density and not go after the rural folks. Now, you've served everyone in a mixture of high density and low density already. Uh, Maybe you can just talk a little bit about that dynamic of of how the city of Chattanooga differs from your territory and then the areas around that still more further out. So we serve the city of Chattanooga and most of Hamilton County and then parts of eight additional adjacent counties in southeast Tennessee and northwest Georgia. So the the core of the city of Chattanooga is relatively dense, densely populated, but as you move out, we certainly serve some very rural parts of this community. Um, We go out into farmland, and we serve everybody. So when we did our build-out, we started building in the most densely populated areas, and then we moved out. But now that we have the whole build-out complete, um, everybody within 600 square miles our 600-square-mile service territory has access to the same infrastructure. In a number of cases, you actually took fiber to people who only had dial-up, though. Isn't that right? Yes. There were people in our electric power service territory who only had access to dial-up connectivity at the time, and now they have access to one gigabit per second. And what's happening is there are still neighbors who are just outside our electric power service territory who are still in that same place, who still have access to either dial-up only or or some other very low-speed connectivity. And this isn't just residents, right? We're talking about schools, uh, businesses, uh, residents, anyone, right? Right. We've had requests from from residences, from businesses, um, from hospitals. We've had requests from lots of different kinds of folks outside our service territory. And one of the things that I, I thought was interesting was that you've made it very clear that you're not going to force your incredible service on anyone. There must be some people who are worried that EPB might be forcing it on a reluctant population in some area. EPB is owned by the city of Chattanooga. Our first and foremost goal is to serve this community in the best way that we can. When we have neighbors outside of our service territory who are specifically asking us to come and serve them, we want to be able to respond to that in a positive way. 
Um, but in no way are we looking to become a regional force or a statewide force. And I think that's to your credit. I mean, I, I think we've, we may have had this conversation before. I know that I've had it with other communities that have their own networks. But the fact that you're not trying to build a wall around your city and basically saying, hey, if you want great Internet access, you got to move across this line. That's just really great. And I, and I really want to congratulate you on that. Well, thanks. Although we're not opposed to folks moving across the line. <laughs> right. No, and in fact, that's probably the quickest way to get it. Just come on over. But <laughs> that's good outside of that, we we hope we'll be able to offer it to people outside too. Is there anything else that, that you want people to know about the petition and uh, the fact that they should submit comments uh, in this month? One of the reasons why we we have submitted this petition is that we think this is a matter of local communities being able to have the choice to figure out on their own how to get the broadband infrastructure they need. If a local community wants to get that infrastructure from us, they should have that right. So we really think this is a matter of local communities being able to make the choice of how they um, determine their own destiny. I know there's been some conversation out there about this being a, a state's rights issue. Well, we think it's a local rights issue. Well, that's music to my ears. That's certainly, that's certainly our point of view. I think there's, um, there's always issues of how different levels of government should interact. But on these matters of essential local infrastructure, I think it's, it's inappropriate to deny communities the ability to make their own decisions. We couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Sure thing. Anytime. Thank you. Now, Wilson, North Carolina has also filed a petition with the FCC. Um, and their situation is a little bit different. That's right. But they are also seeking to end the geographic limitations that's put on them by state law. Right. So interestingly, uh, Wilson also serves multiple counties. So the Wilson as a city is 50,000 people. They have an electric uh, company, an electric municipal electric department. And within that municipal electric department, they have this green light fiber optic network system. And the electric service actually spreads out across many counties mm -hmm. because uh, Wilson had expanded that way back in 1918 um, to its neighbors when they needed a critical infrastructure, something that's noted in the brief here. Mm -hmm. But when they, uh, Time Warner Cable wrote this law and pushed it through the legislature in 2011, at that point, they basically said Wilson can only serve within its own county. Right. So they have already have a lot of the infrastructure already in place. They that do. They would use to build off of. Right. And in fact, you know, they're doing smart grid stuff within their county, but they wouldn't be able to do that outside of their county very easily, mm -hmm. even though they're serving electricity outside of their county. So they're even more limited than Chattanooga was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I actually recently had a conversation with Will Acock that we could play now to talk a little bit about why they filed their petition. And now I'm going to speak with Will Acock, the uh, general manager of Greenlight in North Carolina. Will, you've been on the show before. Welcome back. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You have just filed some interesting petitions, and I have to say that when I read you this, this story, uh, I was really impressed. I thought that the petitions did a, a remarkable job of presenting uh, both the, the positives of your network and some of the challenges that you face. Uh, but let me just ask you, why did you file a petition with the FCC? Well, you know, years ago when we first uh, got involved in building this fiber to the home network, our elected leaders saw you know, fiber optic infrastructure as a really critical public infrastructure that was essential, you know, for the health of our community, economic health and quality of life. And it was also very critical to the way we deliver other services to our citizens and customers. 
um, and we actually provide service uh, in port uh, portions of six counties. Um, and we're currently only allowed to provide the broadband service uh, in Wilson County. And so, in part, uh, you know, we filed the petition because we feel we should be able to you know, expand the broadband service uh, to those uh, customers we already have that are in these other surrounding counties and bring the benefits of the infrastructure, you know, to everyone uh, that we serve. Uh, we've also had you know, extensive interest from many communities in the region uh, who understand also and are becoming more aware of the fact that broadband is public infrastructure and they're looking for ways to uh, help bring the infrastructure to their citizens and we believe that all options really should be on the table uh, for local communities to be able to, to take the steps they need to do to bring that infrastructure to their community. You know, I was really struck by uh, one of the, the details about the history of Wilson. Now, uh, in the past, we've talked about how you've invested as a community in the reservoir and improving the amount of water you had, this, this big infrastructure investment in the 90s. But I didn't realize that you were so early, and I don't mean you personally, but, uh, but in 1890s when Wilson built the electric plant. And that's pretty astounding. That's very early in the citywide electrification. But the thing that caught my eye was that then you expanded it to neighbors because at that point you were permitted to do so. And now you have neighbors that need this infrastructure, but state laws preventing you from doing that. Right. There's been a, a long history here of uh, investing in local public infrastructure, you know, and seeing the needs of the community and in the you know, the broader region in which we reside and trying to help meet those needs and bring infrastructure to people. One of the things that I found interesting is the way that North Carolina crafted the law um, with regard to uh, what broadband is, was defined as. And, and I'm just curious if there's anything you want to say in terms of explaining the difference between the conception of broadband as, and under current statute and what Wilson is delivering. Well, obviously, we're the first gigabit city in North Carolina, uh, so we offer residential speeds up to uh, a gig, and all of our services are symmetrical, uh, so both the download and the upload, you know, you get the same amount of bandwidth, and we found that the upload is particularly important, you know, having not just high-capacity uh, download, but the high-capacity upload is really very important, in particular as you look towards the economic health of the community. Uh, providing infrastructure that creative class folks can utilize uh, for their jobs. People who are authoring content, again, find it very uh, essential to be able to share the things they're creating uh, very quickly and efficiently with customers in the rest of the world. So maybe we can finish up with me asking if there's any recent developments in Wilson that you can share with us. You know, we're continuing to grow the network uh, into the areas that we are allowed to serve. Uh, we are um, beginning another expansion out into some of the more rural areas of Wilson County. Uh, in a couple of instances, we have actually grown all the way to the county uh, boundary. Um, and in addition to that, we are continuing to deploy our smart grid uh, solutions, so really broadening the utilization of the network in support of our other utilities. So we've been following uh, this whole debate about Section 706 authority yep. for a few months now. Um, so is this the only way that we can, or is this the best way that we can find a way to reestablish local authority for communities that are interested in doing something like this? Yes, this is our best hope, okay. frankly. I mean, when it comes down to it, 
you know, the Institute for Local Self-Reliance, we're no fan of the word preemption. We're, in fact, it's anathema to everything that we believe in. Uh, and in this case, the preemption that we oppose is that of the states. And oddly enough, the only way to get around it is to have the federal government, in this case the FCC, preempt yeah. the states. Mm-hmm. So we're preempting preemption, which runs us at risk of falling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but the, the fundamental point is that communities should have an ability to choose. And we've been trying for years, and others have been trying for years, to have North Carolina and Tennessee change these laws. But the simple fact is you've got lobbyists that are, have millions of dollars to spend uh, to make sure that these laws stay in place. And it's very hard to make a change in a legislature when a, a very powerful industry doesn't want that change to happen because it's easy to kill a bill. It's hard to get a bill out of subcommittee that Comcast frowns upon, let alone get it out of committee and on the floor. Okay. So I think that the only hope that we really have to restore local authority is coming about through this process. And to that, we really have to hand it to the FCC. On this issue, they're really stepping up, and I think they're regulating in the correct manner. Okay, so people need to file comments. They absolutely should. And they need to include information. Um, If they live in a community that has a network or is considering a network or a place that absolutely needs a network, they need to include that sort of information. What other things should they include? Don't think you can only comment if you have a certain circumstance. You should comment. You're an American citizen. You live in the country. You know, these are things that impact you. You should have a voice in it. So uh, some of the things that are the most helpful, though, for building the record are any evidence of where uh, local government investment has resulted in more deployment or better deployment of advanced telecommunications services. The way the statutes worked, the FCC has more power to uh, remove barriers to certain kinds of investment. It's not just a matter of investing in telecommunication services, it's advanced services, which in this case we're talking about fiber networks. Mm -hmm. So personal stories about how uh, local government or community making investments in these sort of fiber networks and how that's helped uh, a resident or businesses or even schools and libraries, basically. The key point is that we're trying to unleash Uh, more investment in these services that we need across the country. And we're making an argument that by removing laws that limit the ability of municipalities to make those investments, we'll get more of those investments, and that would be a good thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what Section 706 tells us, is that the FCC is supposed to, by Congress, encourage this kind of investment, and that's what this authority does. Right. The FCC makes a finding that advanced telecommunication services are not being developed rapidly enough. Then it has to figure out a way of making sure that those things are being developed. And we have here two petitions. Uh, Jim Bowler wrote both. And frankly, I think, you know, if you're thinking about commenting and if you have an interest in this, read the petitions. They're both around 50 pages. It's not very intimidating. In fact, as far as legal documents go, I thought these were very interesting. And they have some really interesting history. Right, uh, yeah, they they do provide a lot of interesting stuff about the different communities and the way that their work has enhanced the quality of life there and and how they'd like to do it for the other communities around them. Um, I, I also thought the interesting, one of the interesting parts was when uh, Jim talks about the difference between two different parts of that statute. Right. And how, and, and just reinforces how 706 is the authority that the FCC needs to exercise and should be able to exercise. 
Right. In fact, I mean, as as some of these things go when they're um, they're passed through Congress, technically the FCC doesn't have a choice, <laughs> which is interesting. I mean, right. The, the 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 law is written in the way that if the services are not being deployed rapidly enough, then the FCC has to remove barriers. Right. It, it just it doesn't have to. It doesn't really have much of a choice. I mean, mm-hmm. in practice, a lot of these things are black are a little more on the in the grayscale than the black or white. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear that that Congress was giving the FCC uh, notice that if the FCC finds that these services aren't being deployed fast enough. They need to figure out a way of deploying right. them more quickly. They need to be proactive and do yeah. something about it. Because as a country, we don't want the areas around Chattanooga to have poor internet access. You know, we want communities near Wilson to be able to have great internet access if that's the best way they can get it is from the city of Wilson. I mean, this is a fundamental goal, ultimately. You know, this isn't just about local authority and different sort of preemption legal issues. Mm-hmm. This is about whether our businesses, our schools, our residents have the kind of ability to communicate that we think they should as a country that will give us a strong economy, a strong democracy, and all those sorts of things. I mean, this is really important stuff, ultimately. Mm-hmm. If people are interested in filing, it's really not that complicated. In fact, um, we've already heard from one person, Jeff, who has filed himself. And um, there's a couple of different ways to do it. Um, there's a quick way, and then there's a more involved way. Um, you can do the quick way by going to the FCC.gov website. There's a take action um, a button that you can click on and you can do follow the links, file a public comment. People should be aware that they, that they need to comment in both and that in order to comment on anything, the most complicated part, I mean, all of this is really easy. The most complicated part is remembering which preceding number you have to deal with. Right. And in fact, when if you go there, and I looked earlier today, these two petitions are already getting comments because on the FCC page, they list all of the proceedings and the ones that are getting the most comments are at the top of the page, right. top of the list. Well, these are not at the top of the list, but I was surprised to see them on the list at all mm-hmm. already. So um, the Wilson petition is uh, proceeding 14-115. The Chattanooga p- uh, petition is 14-116. And you can you know do it a quick way, just submitting a paragraph, or you can prepare something a little more lengthy and you can upload it. With, right. As a document. Right. And, you know, if you look at some of the other filings, sometimes you'll see they have a specific cover page. Absolutely. You you don't need to worry about things like that. The important part is that you express yourself, you take part in the process, and you help to build a record that will be used as a decision is made. And then also, as this issue is litigated in the courts afterward, that record will be important. To recap very briefly, you go to FCC.gov, you click on Take Action, you can fi- then you find file a public comment and you scroll down and you'll see some of them there if they've been filed on recently. But the important thing is the proceeding number for Wilson is 14-115 and for Chattanooga it's 14-116. So we're going to have more information and we're also going to uh, try and have some basic comments and, and things for people. Uh, we really encourage you as well to... Uh, If you're part of a church group, if you're part of an organization, pass a resolution or have the organization file comments. Because it's really important, I think, to to show that a cross-section of America cares about this. This isn't just a niche issue impacting the communities around Chattanooga and Wilson. This is really about the authority of local governments across the country being able 
to meet their needs and make their decisions locally when it comes to this important infrastructure. You can access the petitions at FCC.gov or at muninetworks.org. Remember, the deadline for opening comments is August 29th and reply comments is September 29th. This is one opportunity we cannot let pass us by. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at communitynets. This show was released on August 5th, 2014. Thank you again to Waylon Thornton for the music. The song is Bronco Romp, licensed using Creative Commons.